the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Woo! It's Friday night. It is Friday night. Who's got some big fun plans this weekend? Show of hands. How many of y'all out there have plans to go buy you an electric vehicle this weekend? Anyone? Anyone? (laughs) Bueller? Bueller? (laughs) I don't think I know anybody who drives an EV. Do you know anybody who drives an EV, Skip? I do not. Most of the people in my circle, uh, we love our big uh carbon footprint leaving vehicles we're big old fat suv drivers in my family in fact i've got a family member <laughs> i've got a couple family members that don't have kids and drive big old suburbans i'm talking about my suv <laughs> you know how big those chevy suburbans oh, are they're huge I've got family that that drive big suburbans, and put your whole with, family in one. And and yeah, but my the family members of mine that have drive suburbans don't even have kids. They're like empty nesters, but they just like having a big old fat SUV to roll around in. I can't say you blame them. Well, you know what? If you you want to go pick something up, at you know on the you know on offer up you somewhere, your room. Yeah, you decide you want to go and you know pick up a table. You're out shopping at Walmart or Target or you're somewhere. You're the friend that people call when they need to move. That's right. You ain't got to worry if you know you've got to go. You want to go pick up, do a big shopping haul, or suddenly if you've got a bunch of people in town to visit, you got to go pick up a crowd at the airport. I mean. I mean, it's just all it's they're called. I didn't have a suburban, but I did have a Ford Expedition. Those are still pretty big. I love oh, it. those are huge. The expeditions are big. They're those almost are big. As, yeah, I just I love it. I love a big. I only g- sold it because of the gas. The last time we had the gas crisis. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing about the about, about driving a big SUV is they do use a lot of gas. Um, but you know what? Until Biden came along, it, it typically or, or a Democrat. I don't know when it was the last crisis we had. It was probably when Obama was in office. It was. And it yeah. wasn't quite this bad. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a story of EVs to share with you guys coming up because uh, uh, Biden actually ha- had a little press conference today. He did. Um, of course, when questions about his health came up, he it was a, it was like a Zoom call. As soon as any questions from reporters came up, uh, he you know they shut it down real quick because there's and there's something really odd about that. A lot of people are noticing there's something really odd going on here with this supposed diagnosis. A couple of things that are odd. And um, and I have never been one. Y'all know that you, that I've never been one that's ever pushed out a conspiracy theory. There's not been one social media post you can find from me about crisis actors being used, about um, Sandy Hook or any of these uh, tragedies that happen. That I, I you've, I've never been been one. I'm I'm not one that believes that Tower Nine fell because George Bush bombed it and made it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But there, but in the words of the great Judge Judy, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. 
and there's and and you're you know and other you know christians and non-christians have something they refer to as their third eye you know what your third eye is skins your third eye is your gut and when your gut's telling you something's hinky your hinky meter is is going off something's something's wrong what's wrong with this story to where he's in massachusetts a couple days ago and he's not feeling well and he's coughing and he but he's talking about back in the day when you know um at the first frost there's you know an oil an oil slick on the windshield and you know i that's you know i got cancer and he mentions that he has cancer in the present tense now, he's had brain fog, but that's an odd thing to say. It is. You listen to it, and at first, you're like, okay, he's just jumbling his words. It's not really knowing what he's talking about. Right. And my initial reaction was, um, you know, because I'm not one that goes to places of conspiracy. My initial reaction to that was, uh, you know, Joe Biden, plagiarist, you know, um, always lying, always trying to, like, puff up a story for effect. But as the past couple of days have rolled on when it's come from health, I am beginning to question whether or not he actually has cancer and the COVID diagnosis is a cover up. I will tell you, I'm questioning it. I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying I'm questioning it because there's a reason why for the first time in my lifetime to where a, a sitting president has a major illness and the doctors are not holding public press conferences and taking questions. In fact, um, the Dr. Ja, who is uh, the COVID doctor, not his personal doctor, um, was asked about that today. And here is what he said. Skins, please play uh, clip three. It's wonderful to hear from you, Dr. Ja, as always on this. But why can't we check in? with the president's doctors. The White House doctor often briefs the press and briefs, briefs the public when there is an issue with the president's health. Why have not we heard from them? Well, I think you have heard. There's, there's, you know, Dr. O'Connor is his personal physician. You have heard from Dr. O'Connor in the letter. We are fully committed to transparency here. You're going to hear <laughs> every day from Dr. O'Connor through uh, written communication. He was going to put out his own statement uh, with his assessment of how the president's doing. And then the second part, is, you know, we're all in pretty constant contact. We're speaking to each other. I'll be speaking to the president every day. Uh, that combination means that the American people will have a very full, complete picture of how the president is doing. But no plans to make him available to the press or the public as of now? You know, Dr. O'Connor is going to be sharing his information. I will be out there. I think you're going to hear from a variety of administration officials uh, about the president, but obviously the clinical physicians, uh, uh, me, uh, Dr. Fauci, you'll hear from, who's also been in touch uh, with the White House. So I think you're going to hear from a variety of us. Hmm. We understand the president is taking Paxlovid. Something's not smelling right. There's a reason why they're circling the wagons and the, and the personal physician to the president of the United States is only going to be making uh, statements in written form with no, no, not taking any questions. We're supposed to trust Dr. Fauci, who hasn't put a stethoscope on anybody ever, probably, certainly not in decades. Dr. Fauci is a political operative. He's not a physician. This is, this, this is actually, uh, you know, uh, veering into scary land. First of all, I don't trust, I, you know, this is not administration we can trust because this is an administration that lies all day, every day to the American people. And now they're lying about the president's health. Uh, we're committed to transparency. Thank you for the gaslighting, but no thank you. Um, and the idea, uh, So we're all in constant contact with him. So? 
That wasn't the question. The, the question was not how many times a day you talking to Biden. And by the way, I didn't even pull the clip from this. But this Dr. Jaw today actually came out as though he was the uh, as though he was the president's physician to give an update. And he actually <laughs> he actually said he ate his breakfast and his lunch today. He ate all of it. I mean, that's like the kind of update I get from, you know, when one of my little nieces is sick. Right. I know. Right. I got a couple little nieces and like when one of them's like not feeling well, one of them's down, I'll, you know, I'll get an update. Oh, she well, she you know, she was able to keep all her breakfast down today. Joe, how did it taste? Yeah, he kept his breakfast down. That's a good boy. That's what I say to Gator, my dog Gator. <laughs> good boy. He kept his breakfast down. <laughs> I cannot even believe this is the this is the leader of the free world, and they're doing press conferences about how good boy he ate all his breakfast. Oh, we actually have a, a quote from Joe about his breakfast. Oh, we do. Yeah, no, I can taste it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so then there's another clip going around, and this is just. This is just the way life works sometimes. I don't think this is, this is, I'm not a serious connection of the dots, but back in 2016, not 2016, but 2020, when Kamala Harris was announced as his VP candidate and people were like, hey, y'all didn't exactly get along too well. And, um, and he's like, well, look, you know, we're going to be respectful to each other. We're going to get along. And if it comes a time we don't get along, you know, I'm going to come down with a serious illness and I'm going to resign. A lot of people are like, hmm, is that where we're at? On a serious tip, um, this, he has been frail. You have to, he's been frail from the get go. He has been increasingly diminished physically as well as cognitively. Anytime you've got a Fauci coming out going, oh, he's in great health. And they're, they're overcompensating when they're making statements like, oh, he's in great health. And oh, have you, oh, look at his schedule. I, I get tired looking at his schedule. And oh, he spoke for 20 minutes in the heat yesterday when everybody was begging for water. The cover that the statements that are, that are being made are going too far. Nobody, when Trump was diagnosed with COVID and went to the hospital, by the way, in far better health and in, in a far better position than, than Biden. Nobody came out with dopey comments like that. Like, oh, you ought to see he's running. He's running those nurses around the hospital kind of comments. The overcompensation is when is when you're doing that, when you're trying to cover for a serious issue. Um, I'm wondering if this is not the beginning of the push for him to to leave. And right now, a lot of people, I, I, I had some people on social media today say, well, you know, he's bad, but Kamala would be, would be worse. How? How would Kamala be any worse? Let's be serious. How would Kamala be any worse? I don't think so. I mean, it, you know, he's incoherent, but at least she would I, be more respected because she's more together on an international level. Um, I think, I think that, I think it's a horror show. That this is the president, the vice president of the United States of America. I think that the, I think that this is about the worst position we can be in, where we have we have no real leadership in the United can States you of America. Kamala somewhere international, someone says something something serious, and she cackles at it. Well, and 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 even worse than her cackling and her complete lack of charisma, and you know, just even just her facial. I mean, she's nails on a chalkboard. Is the fact that she's I don't know how she got into law school. 
She, you know, she's, you know, uh, she's dumber than a stump. Literally. Uh, so it's, it, it'll be interesting to see. We're going to continue on, obviously, to keep our eyes on this. And remember, uh, um, they got more votes than uh, Obama. Well, one of, yeah, 80 million votes. One of the things that is interesting is, is how they've backtracked, backtracked off of contact tracing. They refused to answer how he got it and from whom. Uh, now, suddenly, they, they're not pushing masks on people because he wasn't wearing a mask and nobody around him was wearing a mask, even though he had symptoms of COVID um, before he was supposedly diagnosed with it. He was coughing and spewing and, and doing it without a mask. Um, however... Out here in California, for California, we still have mass mandates that are about to take place in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's some LA businesses that are like, we need, we need the citizens to be pushing back against that. Skins, do you have the clip on that? Indoor masking could be mandatory yet again here in LA County in just about a week. And the comeback would obviously be controversial. We have tried uh, to ask people to make their own decisions about masking and go ahead and mask so that we could slow down transmission and that hasn't been very successful. Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer thinks it's still one of the most effective tools the county has to combat the latest surge of the latest COVID variant, even if we'd be the only place in the state with a high transmission rate to do it. You know, no counties around us are doing it. I mean, it'd be ridiculous, really. Ridiculous, really, is what Tracy Hernandez with the L.A. County Business Federation thinks of it. And we don't have to cripple the economy and go back to the dark ages, the early days of COVID. Hernandez says most of the 410,000 businesses BizFed represents are already burdened with recovering from the shutdowns amid rising inflation, gas prices and labor shortages. And the last thing they need is to police people over masks. We don't expect any uh, businesses or particularly employees at businesses uh, to be enforcers. So why are we doing that? Let's be mature. Let's move on. Right. I would encourage... Uh, the businesses in L.A. and the citizens in L.A. to completely ignore these mask mandates. Ignore them. What are they going to do? Arrest everybody? No. Let me, let's remind everybody that back when they had all of these uh, businesses were shut down um, and with mass mandates and six-foot distancing, the, uh, Gavin Newsom did a carve-out for Hollywood. There was a woman who had a Mexican restaurant who spent $30,000 in setting up some outdoor dining because after they had been shut down for months and months and months and months and months, then, then finally they were allowed to have some outdoor dining. Um, but then, um, they decided to shut that down. This woman had spent $30,000 to outfit, uh, the parking lot outside of her Mexican restaurant. She was told she couldn't, uh, serve. She had to shut down because of COVID because there had been a resurge. I think this was last summer or, or, you know, the summer before. I don't remember. Uh, meanwhile, across the street from her, Hollywood was able to set up because of a production an outdoor dining that, that sat and served far more people than she would have at a restaurant. This has never been about health. And at what point are the American citizens going to say enough? Enough. It is time for us to go full out Gandhi. We're going to have an act of civil disobedience and you are not going to control us in this manner again. We had a whole group of restaurants here in North County, San Diego that never shut down. Never shut down. I know of a family business, some people that I've known since I moved to San Diego that are about to shut their doors of their restaurant because of COVID. 
because of COVID crackdowns that left them limping along and limping along and limping. And just when they would, and, and part of the problem was with Gavin Newsom's dimmer switch, just at the, I mean, how do you, with a restaurant, you never know from one week to the next when you're going to be open. How do you operate? How do you hire people? How do you get food, right? Because the food you get, you, you buy all this food and supplies that's perishable and then you're not allowed to open and then it goes bad. I mean, it, 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 it's so the up and down and up and down of Gavin Newsom treating our state like a dimmer switch has put hundreds of thousands of businesses out. And, and he doesn't care. And they don't care. And the effects are still being felt. People are still trying to recover. Then they get hit with Bidenflation. And people are still trying to and, and trying to deal with that, trying to keep their doors open. And then they're going to come back with this nonsense. Say no. Say no. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But if you don't, don't. And no, and, and you know what? I, I don't like to mask shame people. But you know what? I'm starting to wonder if that's not what we should be doing. Because we were shamed for not wearing a mask. And at what point do we say to people, you know, I don't, well, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I believe in individual, you know, responsibility. I believe in individual accountability, individual choice. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But nobody should be forced to do anything with their body at this point related to a virus, particularly not when there is this, this variant that's happening right now. I saw an interview with Dr. Malone. I'll say this and I'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little great news according to Joe Biden with gas prices. Um, Dr. Malone said this new variant is like the measles. It's incredibly contagious, but it is not deadly. We, it, we do not have hospitals being overrun with people dying from this variant. And it's because this, the COVID has mutated and mutated and now it's changed into something far more, um, contagious, but far less deadly. So there's, oh, as typical viruses go. But remember, Andrea, they said that if everybody or most people got vaxxed, we wouldn't have to wear masks anymore. Right. Right. And I don't know the percentage in California, but the majority of Californians got got the shot and not necessarily because they wanted to, but because that was the only way they're going to be able to keep their job. How many businesses got that dang shot or how many workers got that dang shot that they didn't want to get? And now their job's gone because the business closed down. Right. And they don't care. They don't care. We're going to take a break. We come back. Joe Biden. Some great news on this Friday. According to Joe Biden today, we're going to share that with you. And also um, something, a fun idea for you guys maybe in San Diego this weekend. 888-344-1170. Do you have a Hero of the Week or a Stink of the Week nominee? Give me a buzz. Let me know who it is. 888-344-1170. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Amidst whatever health crisis Joe Biden is having, he actually shared some great news with America today. Are you ready for it, Skins? Are you ready for it? can you handle it? Friday fun day. We got to give some good news I out. I can here. handle the truth. All right. Here with let's just lay it on the people. Skins, please play clip I think this is 10. You're with your serial killer handwriting. Oh, you got to get off that doctor. (laughs) Well, thanks. Let me start by apologizing my voice. I'm feeling much better than I sound. You know, we're meeting today on gas prices, and we have some really good news. Gas prices are coming down. In fact, gas prices have fallen every day this summer for 38 days in a row. Now, you know, you can you can find gas for three ninety nine or less in more than 30,000 gas stations in more than 35 states. In some cities, it's down almost a dollar from last month. 
We've been working really hard to bring the price down. Four months ago, I gave an order to release one million barrels of oil per day. Gas prices are down, baby. How much are y'all paying around there? Wherever you are. Last night I paid Andrea. I just filled up just the other day and it was still five ninety nine. Yes. We're still almost at six dollars a gallon of gas. I don't know. Maybe where where, where are, are you living to where you are back down to reasonable gas prices somewhere? I got to know where that is because I don't know of anybody where it's down back. And to me, don't don't come to me bragging about gas prices being down till they are back where they were when you took office. If they're down a little bit, sorry, not good enough. No, it's not. And of course, he wants to brag about prices going down, but then he doesn't want to accept any responsibility for the fact that they're jacked. It's still almost five dollars and 80 cents a gallon uh, in San Diego. The lowest you can find in San Diego County, and this is as of today, this is the Times of San Diego. It, it The lowest and cheapest price in San Diego is 5.763 cents a gallon. And that's probably for cash. Probably not uh, if... So it's gone down a total uh, of 61 cents since its highest point. So when you are, or people are paying six fifty a gallon of gas, and it's reduced sixty one cents, you've got nothing to brag about. And sorry, Joe, this isn't because of Russia. No, yeah. So he wants to blame Russia when um, when it's going bad, but then when he thinks he's got something to brag about and see claim what credit I did? for, yeah. Uh, see, look what I did. I brought brought the prices. Down. Yeah. Meanwhile, we know that um, that that that's all a part of continuing to manipulate us. This is about the Great Reset, Green Energy Deal. Um, one of my nominees for Hero of the Week is the Republicans who just really took it to Pete Buttigieg this week and just really humiliated him. The left tried to say as though, oh, you know, he just really gave it back to them hard. No, he was made a fool of in regards to electric vehicles. Complete fool of. One of, one of the clip we played where was where Pete Buttigieg was being called out for the fact that for people that own one and charge it at home, it will cost the equivalent of four times your current electric bill to charge that electric vehicle. So vehicle. you can't even really afford to buy the vehicle, and you definitely can't afford charging it. Right. And of course, he lied and said that, you know, when, when confronted that the average cost of an electric vehicle is $60,000. Oh, no, it's not. You can get that fabulous, you know, um, Obama automaker, Chevy, D, you know, Bolt or Volt or whatever it is. Um, well, I've got some stats in, in a moment to, to share with you guys from an article I found from um, Independent Journal Review or... Yeah, who is this? Independent Journal Review. I'm going to need readers soon. Um, but before I get to that, um, I got to share with you guys, there's um, somebody test drove. There's been lots of stories lately of people that have decided to try, to try out these electric vehicles. You know, before Maybe they- this before, is the way to go. Yeah, before to invest, there was one story that came out from this person who decided to rent one for on a road trip from New Orleans to Chicago and spent more time at charging stations than they spent sleeping <laughs> Every day, having to get these things charged. Oh, those are the little inconveniences that they don't want to tell you. The inconvenience of the EV. Now, here's another one story. This is stories from the Independent Journal Review. <laughs> this just <laughs> this is so funny, Skins. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> bought a new electric vehicle and it could only make it 70 miles before needing to be charged. And oh, you, that's the way of the future, Andrew. Right. And you may go, well, that's a long way. Well, maybe if you if you live in a community to where you only have like a five minute commute to work and back every day. But if you're like in San Diego like County, you, that's not going to cut it. No, you live in San Diego County and you live up in Carlsbad and you work downtown. You're going to have to stop on the way home 
from where you know you daily can, daily they charge the thing <laughs> this is hilarious let me see what um let me see what kind of car this was here i don't know the, oh it was a mazda mx30 um the epa range uh they it, it was supposed to go 100 miles between charges but it only went 70 miles uh between charges so this was the Mazda EV, and it starts at uh, oh, just a really cheap, you know, thirty three thousand five hundred dollars, right? Um, so yeah, uh, and, and that seems pretty expensive for a car that doesn't go very far. Well, yeah, and not only that, but here's the thing: when you go to test drive, you don't get to drive it a hundred miles to see how how far it really goes oh, between no. the charge. You're not getting to do that. Um, a 2020. Then the the this article also talks about some other cars that were tested, like a 2022 Rivian R1T. I don't know what that has. That uh, what kind of car that is? Um, that supposedly had a rating of 314 miles, but a car and driver test resulted in only 220 miles. Uh, a worse uh, put a three ton trailer behind the nearly eighty thousand dollar product of an uh, Irvine, California startup and one couple found a 2,700 mile Detroit to Los Angeles trip required the R1T to stop every 100 miles for a charge. I don't know what the three ton trailer has to do with that. I, I don't get that point. Um, fast lane truck showed how an electric Ford F-150 made it only 85 miles. Oh, because they're towing. So these must be the big, the big electric vehicles that can tow. Because remember, I talked about how I'd seen a sticker on a, uh, on an EV F one fifty truck that was over that was six figures, um, and it could only go eighty five miles when it was towing uh, somebody, so uh, towing something. Um, so this is a hashtag fail. So you're supposed to spend sixty thousand dollars on one of these things and have to stop. I mean, even if you can afford it, the inconvenience of having to stop constantly. Imagine taking a family vacation. You're going, I don't know, go up, go up to Nevada or wherever. How long it's going to take you because of how often you have to stop and charge this? Thing. Right, and and where and 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 how convenient are these charging stations everywhere? As I've heard, as of right now, they're not. So and you, so you think about if 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 there's been times where to drive just to the other side of LA it took me five and a half hours on a Friday so you think about um, and and I guess I I don't really know what happens with starting and stopping I guess it's not like gas to where you know that you're sitting in your car you're going to burn burn more gas I don't I don't know how that works in terms of the charge um, and and how the batteries are worn down but you know uh, you're not going to be you're going to have you're not you could have a full charge here in San Diego and you're going to have to stop on the way to LA you're not going to be able to go all the way to LA without having to stop to charge also from what i know about lithium batteries and, and they, listeners can call me if i'm wrong too but the more you use that battery the, the less that the charge is going to hold and you're not going to get as many miles out of it the longer you have the vehicle good point there was somebody uh, the other day that a story that I saw to where somebody had bought an electric vehicle and the price to, for the battery, I guess they bought it used, the price to replace the battery was more than what they paid for the car. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Can you imagine? You buy a, you buy a, a used electric vehicle. The battery goes out. And the battery goes out. And now the battery, the in fact, I, I've known one person who owned an electric vehicle and she had bought a used Toyota Prius. And when the battery went out, drove it for a year or two, and then the battery went out, and it did cost more than the value of the car to get See, a new battery. for that reason alone, I would never buy an electric vehicle. Right. So here's another article, this from Fox Business, about experts that have come out. Uh, we know that Buttigieg was completely destroyed in the hearings. And since then, some transportation experts, uh, even uh, in, including an organization that is the... 
uh, someone named Myron Ebel, who who is the director of the Competitive Enterprise Institute's Center for Engineering, Energy and Environment, has basically said um, that what P- Buttigieg is, was putting out there was really kind of a con job. And I quote. Um, he said it may be a good deal for some in some places under certain circumstances, but by and large, right now, it's not a good deal with these EVs um, for a variety of reasons, uh, for some of which we just talked about. Um, basically, they've done lots of different studies comparing the cost of a gas vehicle versus the cost of an electric, how many miles you get before you have to refill your gas tank, how many miles you get before you have to charge. And it's it's still far more expensive to own an electric vehicle. Um, Buttigieg tried to com- tried to allege that the uh, the average cost of an electric vehicle was not 60 grand. That is not true. Overall, according to uh, Kelly Blue Book, the average cost of an electric vehicle was 64338 while the average cost of a compact car was $26,101. Let's even say that that, that that lower number is what most electric vehicles cost. A lot of middle, 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 middle America, Andrea, cannot afford that. Right. Um, but but this is what the average is. Um, they've also, um, and, and I would encourage people to go to look at this, this uh, Fox Business article. It said, uh, the first thing that a lot of potential EV owners need to be aware of is that they're probably going to be paying both their home utility bills and the cost of charging at commercial chargers, failing to understand that a large number of miles that the typical American travels are away from home and require using a fueling station that's not in their garage would be a very costly mistake for a potential EV owner. Um, 78% of electric vehicles are lux- luxury vehicles, and most EV purchasers also own traditional vehicles. So you can't walk very far in San Diego without bumping into a Tesla. But you look at the driveway or the garage of a lot of Tesla owners, and they also own gas-powered vehicles, mainly SUVs. And that's what they use when they're driving all around and they need to go distances. Um, this article, this person, Ebel, from that organization I mentioned, also said, that electric vehicle owners are, quote, freeloading off Americans who own gas-powered cars since the federal gas tax funds, uh, federal gas tax funds roads and infrastructure. EV owners aren't required to pay an equivalent tax for infrastructure funding. So just a little perspective there to share with you guys on a Friday in case you decided you're going to go and uh, maybe look at an EV. I saw some woman say this on on uh, Instagram the other day. So she was t- talking to her kid about um, needing to learn how to pump gas. And the kid said, Mom, I, you know, but I'm never going to own a gas powered car. By the time I'm old enough to own a car, it'll be an electric vehicle. And the mom was like, oh, it's so amazing when your kid is smarter than you are kind of thing. And I thought, yeah, you know what, lady? You are stupid. Okay, you're dumb. Uh, but anyway, I digress. We're going to take a break. We come back. Um, we've got a, a, a kind of a crazy story out of Missouri. We're going to go back. I know we talked guns before and attacks on our Second Amendment rights, but there's a really funky story out of Missouri I got to share with you guys that also involves the FBI and something that they're involved in. So stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. I have a uh, Hero of the Week nominee here that's kind of, uh, you know, an um, unsung hero, somebody I've never heard of before, and it's the Missouri Sheriff. And here's the story. Um, a, a, one of the sheriffs in, in Missouri, um, several Missouri County sheriffs um, supposedly were contacted, allegedly contacted by the FBI uh, with a request for um, the sheriffs to provide all the information regarding concealed carry permit holder records. 
And they um, demanded that the sheriff's offices hand over all of the records related to every concealed carry permit holder to the FBI. However, this one captain, Brian Lear, he's from the Boone County Sheriff's Office, says that it's something he's never they've never been asked to do before. And he said, quote, we have no intention of releasing concealed carry weapons permits to anyone or for that matter. We don't even know anyone that's wanting that information. Um, now, the FBI is saying that this is so, supposedly an audit that's um, to attempt to um, get information. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not really sure what, what, you know, when I I told you guys before the break, this is kind of a weird story. It is kind of weird. I don't know why the FBI has decided just in Missouri alone they want all this information. I don't know if this is because Missouri, if you, were, if you recall, has that DA that um, was elected based upon Soros, you know, George Soros has been funding all these DA races. And in Missouri is where that couple, they had Black Lives Matter and Antifa break into their community and surround their homes. And they, they defended themselves in their front lawn, a husband and wife. They ended up, Black Lives Matter and Antifa was not arrested for trespassing and threatening them. No, they were arrested for standing on the front yard holding their, holding their legally owned firearms to protect themselves. I don't know if that's why the FBI has decided um, to, quote, audit uh, the different sheriff's offices in the states. Look good for um, the sheriff for not providing the information. Yeah, um, this this one sheriff, he said, as the sheriff of Scotland County, I want all my citizens to know that I will not allow, cooperate, or release any CCW information to the FBI, even at the threat of a federal arrest. He's a Republican, but he wrote that, with, so hat tip to him. Point blank, he said, I will go down with the ship if need be. <clears throat> Sounds like a guy that believes in the Constitution. Absolutely. He said he was prompted to send the letter to his community in northeastern Missouri after he was alerted to the FBI audit that was set to be carried out to 24 counties in the next month. Um, according to this article, it's un- it's unclear which counties will be included in the audit. Um, this is frightening stuff. It's very frightening. And I agree with you. He's definitely a nominee for a hero of the week because there's very few people in in the in in law enforcement that would actually under what he just said hey if they're threatening to you know bring up charges he's still not backing down right uh, missouri attorney general eric schmidt also demanded that the fbi quote cease their attempts to illegally obtain information from local sheriffs and missourians who have concealed carry permits um that was a letter that was sent to fbi director christopher ray um, and, and here's what else he said, quote, the FBI has absolutely no business poking around in the private information of those who have obtained a concealed carry permit in Missouri. Um, he said the Second Amendment rights of Missourians will absolutely not be infringed on my watch. I will use the full power of my office to stop the FBI, which has become relentlessly politicized and has virtually no credibility from illegally prying around in the personal information of Missouri gun owners. Uh, Schmidt went on to outline to, to Christopher Ray that under Missouri law, it is illegal to share the confidential list with the federal government. The law was passed after it, quote, became known that the Obama administration wanted to know which Missourians had firearms, supposedly to establish who was entitled to federal benefits. Uh, the FBI told Fox News that under the planned Missouri audit, quote, a small sampling of system transactions is to be inspected for compliance and to assure ensure that no misuse of the FBI's criminal justice information services division uh, systems. Um, BS. This is this is how uh, taking your guns away from citizens starts. 
This is this is about this is why we should never go down the road of gun registries. This is why, you know, they wanted permits in the first place and all these background checks. They want to know who's got weapons. And now they want to start inspecting so they can see what justification they've got to start taking guns away from people. You think I'm being a conspiracy theorist? No. There was actually a video going around. I don't know where it was and I couldn't I couldn't source it more and get more details on it, but there was a, a ring camera that shows sheriff's deputies showing up at, at somebody's door and saying, uh, you know, I'm here with the list and it wasn't Missouri, but I'm here do you, and I'm here to see, do you still have the gun such and such that you registered? I would have told him, get off my property. None of your business. None of your business. Get off my property. Meanwhile, the guy who attempted to murder Lee Zeldin was released without bail. Steve Bannon is looking at possibly two years. We got a crime wave across this country. Honest, law-abiding Americans are under attack physically as well as our rights, while the bad guys are roaming the streets. So, yeah, these uh, the sheriff from Missouri as who said, I will go down with the ship if I have to, as well as the attorney general who said, not on what, my watch. You will not get any information from me. And oh, by the way, back off, man, to Christopher Wray. Um, those are nominees for yeah, here. They the believe week. in the Constitution. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our last break of tonight's Andrea K. Show. When we get back, I've got another nominee, a couple guys that are actually a part of Comic-Con, which may surprise you until you hear the real story about these gentlemen when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Finishing up tonight's show with another nominee for or nominees of Here of the Week is we've got Comic-Con happening right now in San Diego. First time since 2019 because of COVID. It was online Comic-Con last year, which doesn't, doesn't count. Which doesn't count. I'm not going. Um, I don't really know who anybody is because a lot of people are not happy with the, in addition to sh- proof that you've gotten the shots, you still got to wear a mask everywhere. Uh, a lot of people are not happy no, with that. You. Um, but I did see an article today about a couple gentlemen that are at Comic-Con in, um, uh, in the, what's called the small press pavilion. I've never been to that part of, I'm not that familiar with Comic-Con and how it works, but evidently there's the lesser known area that costs less for a booth than like the big area. And what they have, these two gentlemen, um, they are Eric Jansen from God and Country Graphics and Ralph Miley from New Creation Comics. Um, they actually are Christian comic book creators and they self-publish and they just look like such amazing sweethearts and they've been going every year, I think for many years. And, you know, they, um, they're part of the Christian Comic Arts Society which I didn't even know of, uh, know about. And they met one another at San Diego Comic-Con uh, during a meeting for the Christian Comic Art Society um, years ago. And, which, and, and by the way, this society's had a presence at the convention for 25 years. I had no idea. Um, you know, and, and hat tip to them, um, because they talk about, we've had our table, a spiritual themes and comics panel, panel, they said, and we've actually had a Sunday service here for about 20 years. We decided to put in for a table here and God was just gracious to us and allowed us to have one together. Um, we both printed our own books a lot over the pandemic, and this is the first time anybody's seen a bunch of these. So we wanted uh, to do more and just get a table this year. Uh, Miley, one of the gentlemen is a pastor 
And he described getting to do the work of God through his art that he calls a calling. And I just love this so much. And it actually, it looks, according to this article, some of their artwork and their and their comic books just look absolutely amazing. So the talent is is clearly there. They talked about how, you know, it's tough as Christian comic book creators because the Christian community doesn't necessarily welcome this type of content historically. And then the comic book community doesn't necessarily welcome Christian content. So they're kind of in, they've been kind of in a no man's land. And That's so off to these guys, I'll tell yeah. you something you don't know about me really quickly. It was actually a dream of mine and about four or five other friends in high school we were big into com- well, I still am into the comic industry back then, and we wanted to create our own Christian comic book. Mm. And so these guys, hats off to them. Well, you know, I know you're not going this year, but I kind of wish you were just to say hi to these guys. I would love to say hi to them. Yeah, because and I just love them so much. And these are people that have a passion for the Lord and the Bible and also a passion for this type of of artwork. It's proof that you can do both. Yeah, that you can do both. And I just love, you know, we've been highlighting recently just different um, people in um, and we, I, hopefully we can do more of that. People that um, are promoting, you know, Christian Christ centered entertainment type of work. And you don't and it just goes to show that you don't have to have um, you don't have to go woke. It's not necessary to go woke. In fact, the you know, the public isn't really interested in woke right now, right? I mean, hence Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, Maverick $1.2 billion. Exactly, versus others. So, you know, hopefully the people at Comic-Con, if you're listening to me, you're going to go this weekend, stop by the small give them uh, some pavilion. Love. Yeah, and give them some love. And they're hoping that people actually buy some of their comic books. If I was going to look there. them up, I'd like to support them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, who, you got a hero of the week? Uh, you know what? Last segment, uh, th- that sheriff, it's tugging on my heartstrings. You know, he's standing up for what he believes is right, even, he says, under threat of people just federally prosecuting him. So, you know what? Hat tip. Yeah, that should be an inspiration to us all because that's the kind of courage that we all need. We all need to be willing to sacrifice something for freedoms and like that gentleman is because if we're not willing to, we've, we're too we're too cushy as conservatives and Christians. I, I met with somebody today for breakfast who was just like half the time we can't even get Christians to go out and vote. And, you know, which, you know, meanwhile. Your values are your values and you stick to them. Well, and do your part. We need to do our part. You know, it's like you want to complain about how this the, uh, this country is being taken over um, with this all this far left crazy, you know, uh, evil agenda. And you're not even willing to get out and vote. Who's your stink of the week? Vince McMahon. He actually retires because there's a hush money probe going on right now. He had to retire because there's former female WWE employees that he had sexual relations with. Love what he did over the years for wrestling, but uh, too much scandal. My stink of, go. Yeah, my stink of the week is Nancy Pelosi and the obvious corruption and insider training, trading that she's gotten away with. Hey, love you all. We will be back Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Have a very safe and fantastic weekend. We love you all so much. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.